Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Uh, A lot to get into on a Wednesday, but did want to focus on the big news from Los Angeles, the 2026 NBA All-Star Game will be taking place from the Intuit Dome, the new $2 billion home of the Los Angeles Clippers. And uh, we were at the uh, big unveiling there at Intuit Dome. So I wanted to play for you some sound uh, from that press conference and unveiling. It was NBA Commissioner um, Adam Silver, Steve Ballmer, who's always fun to chat with, and obviously also the mayor's of Inglewood and Los Angeles. So uh, let's take you now to that press conference right now. Privilege to announce that the 2026 NBA All-Star Game will be held here in Inglewood at this brand new Intuit Dome. Congratulations, everyone. You know, just a few words about our All-Star festivities. I know Steve has been calling this building basketball heaven. That's what we used to call All-Stars, so I got to come up with a new name now. For So it's Basketball Heaven is coming to Basketball Heaven, I think, so far. But I'll work on that. But people in L.A. are familiar with our All-Star festivities. These games are distributed in more than 200 countries. It's not just the All-Star game itself. There are events throughout the week. I had the opportunity to get the deluxe tour from Gillian and Steve uh, this morning of this building Not only are there five courts, there's technology that is unmatched in any facility I've ever seen. I think no doubt Steve and Gillian have been meticulous in looking at every single detail. And even beyond that, I think we all agree that once the building opens, there'll be even more things that they realize they can do differently. Um, I can just say that, you know, having been, I think, to pretty much every basketball in the arena in the world, probably, over the course of my many years at the NBA, I eagerly await the first opportunity to see a Clippers game here in this fantastic Intuit Dome. And then, of course, all NBA fans are eager to see an NBA All-Star game here. So thank you to the community. Thank you, Mayor Butts. Thank you, Mayor Bass, for your hospitality. And with that, I I thought this was the point. Steve Ballmer is about to speak, gentlemen and madams. So the energy level is about to come up another notch. So... Without further ado, Clippers Chairman Steve Ballmer. I gotta ask a question here. Mayor Butts, you're the boss. Can I take mine off too, please? If I can figure it out. That's always hard. Nah, I get it. It was mostly a big show to say thank you again. I'll keep it on. 
I won't get in trouble with the safety people that way, too. Uh, thank you very much, Adam. Uh, it is wonderful that you're here, and I'm even happier with the announcement that you made. It is such an honor for us to be able to host an all-star game. I can't even tell you. I was giddy uh, when I heard it was possible and even giddier when uh, the league told us that we'd have the all-star game here. I'll switch away from heaven of basketball, if you like, and I'll just say we want this to be the penultimate basketball experience on the planet. As good as it gets, the pinnacle, the peak. Now, of course, some year somebody will bypass us, but man, we have put everything into getting ahead of that in this building. This is the primary thing. Yes, we have clubs and lots of bathrooms, 1,500 and something, different facilities, uh, whatever they call them, facilities. You can't call them toilets because they're not all toilets. But anyway, um, this, this is the featured item. This is where we need the intensity. This is where we need the crowd roar, right here in the bowl. And we spent a lot of time thinking through the details of this. How do you get people in and out quickly? Bathrooms and concessions need to be fast. How do you get people to cheer? Well, actually track your decibel level and let you know how loud you've been. You wanna go get some food, walk out, just grab it. You bring your game face, we call it. You can just grab food and beverage. No cash, cashier or anything else. You just walk out with the food that you want. Get back to your seat pretty quickly. Uh, so we needed to support this. We wanted it steep. And you can see some of the steepness here. But if you look where you can't see behind me, it's what we call our wall of sound. It's 51 rows top to bottom. It's steeper than anything you see from this vantage point to try to bring the fans in closer to the game. That'll be what we call a clipper-only zone. Some of you may notice sometimes because of all the transplants here in LA, we'll see people from other places, but you actually have to register for what we call a Chuck Mark, our mascot. Uh, you have to follow us on Instagram. You gotta buy a jersey. You have to have been a season ticket holder. Three or four different things you can pick from, but you're not gonna sit there if you're not really on our team. And that's the big wall, if you will, that I'm really excited about. Seats, the seats are generous in their leg room and in their width. Uh, we took what we saw in other NBA arenas and we tried to go a step further. Um, so you have the, actually the same depth of step top to bottom, all the way to the upper bowl. Uh, in the upper bowl, it gives you a little more headroom. In the lower bowl, a little more leg room, but we've been working hard on that. Stay in your seat or get up. You get up, we're gonna know that you stood up. If, as long as you, you want us to, you gotta give us the permission. We'll know that you get up. We know that you cheer. We know how loudly you were cheer. If you're, if you're good on those things, we can give you little discounts around the shop just to, to reinforce that excellent behavior that we, we want and need of our fans to make this thing rocking. I mean, look, our fans have a role to play with our team. This isn't just for the fans to enjoy the experience. If our fans do their job right, it's gonna help our team play better. And that's super important to us. So I'm excited uh, about all those things and many more if you want me to get going for half an hour, which nobody does, I'm well over my time now, uh, but I'm happy to. 
uh, key dates. I'm really excited for this year's playoffs. Even though I won't be here, I am excited for this year's playoffs. Um, and I know Clipper Nation will be. Uh, August, we get to move in here uh, and start. Uh, we move in in June. We have our first opportunities for concerts by, by middle of August, but we'll already have had an event with 10,000 or so people to, to test things out and really put it through its paces. Uh, and then, of course, there's our grand opening in the 2024-25 uh, season. We are appreciative uh, that the league gave us a year to get our act together so that we can be not just perfect, but perfect when the All-Star Game comes here. I mean, just think, if you want to have the pinnacle of basketball, you have to have the very best players in the world playing here. And we're just beyond delighted. When Mayor Butts and I first met in January of 2016, uh, we couldn't have hoped for the All-Star Game this early. Uh, in a way, I'm amazed it took us almost nine years, eight and a half with the mayor to, to get this done. But I'm delighted that we're done and uh, we'll be, be here. So we're all getting ready, we're all getting prepared. Uh, I wanna have a special uh, shout out again to the architects uh, at AECOM and the construction guys at uh, AECOM Turner. I get over here at least once a month, maybe more, and the guys, they are just, it, to me, construction is amazing. I look around here and say, how's this gonna be done uh, by the end of June? And they just say to me, we gotcha, we gotcha. So thank you all again, uh, thank, Thank you, Mayor Bass, but really thank you, Mayor Butts. This guy's a driving force, and you'll hear that now. Mayor Butts, to the podium. Now, after all that, all I can give you is history. I've been with the city of Inglewood since 1972 in the police department. In that time, I got to meet Jerry West, the logo, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, Byron Scott, Steve Ballmer, who's here for Steve Ballmer, but now, after 13 years as mayor, my career is complete because I got to meet Adam Silver, the commission, the commissioner. So Adam Silver, my good friend Steve Ballmer, Mayor Karen Bass of the great city of Los Angeles, and fans of the greatest professional basketball league in the world. Welcome to the latest chapter of the Inglewood Los Angeles version of the Hunger Games. LA would be the capital where the citizens were all well fed and Inglewood would be the Panem. This all started in 1968 when Jack Kitcutt carefully selected Inglewood as his choice in which to build the fabulous forum, now the Kia Forum, owned by Steve Ballmer. He loves the game of Monopoly, you guys. In 1999, Los Angeles lured the Lakers and Kings of the National Hockey League back to the city of Los Angeles. Within 11 years, Inglewood would be on the verge of municipal bankruptcy and I would be fortunate enough to be elected mayor in that year. 
It's said that revenge is a dish best served cold, and it would take 21 years. But in 2020, the NFL Rams would leave the Los Angeles Coliseum for Inglewood and would be joined by another former Los Angeles team, the Chargers. In January 2016, Steve, Dennis, and I met at the Ritz-Carlton in Marina del Rey, and eight years after that meeting, the Clippers will play basketball in the City of Champions. And now, the trifecta is complete. In 1983, 41 years ago, while I was a lieutenant in the Inglewood Police Department, Inglewood hosted the All-Star Weekend at the Forum. The 1983 All-Star Weekend and the 84 Olympic basketball games and Super Bowl 56 up to now are the biggest events ever held in the city of champions. This All-Star Weekend will be the greatest event ever held in the greatest arena in the world, the Intuit Dome. Together, Mayor Bass, LA and Inglewood will continue to bring international sports entertainment to the County of Los Angeles and to the world for decades to come. Thank you guys very much. And I want to introduce my partner, Karen Bass of the great city of Los Angeles. Thank you. Good afternoon. What an amazing way to start a day. It is very exciting to be here, and it's very exciting to be here with this gentleman, the mayor of Inglewood, Steve Ballmer, Adam Silver. It is a very exciting day because we are thrilled with this announcement that the Clippers in the city of Inglewood have been selected to host the 75th NBA All-Star Game in 2026 where there is a long and storied history of basketball. I want to thank the commissioner, the mayor, the Clippers organization, and I want to recognize and thank our LA Sports and Entertainment Commission for their tireless efforts <laughs> to bring world-class events like this to our global, global city. Today's announcement is exciting for all of us and I especially want to focus on the mayor here because I call him the transformative mayor. When you talked about the history and Inglewood, what you have done, what he has done in his tenure as mayor, I told him I want to be like him when I grow up. So give him another round of applause. <laughs> the economic advantage that this event will bring, I want to highlight this event brought more than $100 million of economic impact when our region last hosted it six years ago. Looking ahead, NBA All-Star Weekend 2026 is projected to generate more than $350 million in economic and media impact for the greater Los Angeles area. That is amazing. And just think. That's 2026, where there'll also be the World Cup, 2027, the Super Bowl, 2028, the Olympics. Oh my goodness, all of those events can be transformative to our region. And I am just very proud to stand here with my 
partner and colleague, Mayor Butts, and I know there is so much more to come for our area, so this is amazing. I look forward to being here in June when Mayor Butts will give the state of the city, and then back here in August. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mayor Bass. Now, we do have a few questions for you guys. Um, so I am going to start with the commissioner, Adam. Basketball heaven returns to LA. This is an exciting day, but what can fans expect from All-Star 2026? I think you, you heard it from, everybody hear me okay? You, you heard it from both mayors from past experience having uh, the All-Star festivities, um, both here in Inglewood and in Los Angeles, that it becomes the center of the basketball universe. As said, not only will the games be distributed in over 200 countries, partners of the league, basketball fans from around the world will come here as well. Um, as, as you heard, we estimate the economic impact will be roughly $350 million, and that because there's so many activities throughout the weeks, and whether they're clinics, concerts, fashion shows, um, social justice forums, everything that the league is involved in, we touch on over the course of the time we're here. And, and, and that's why it's so impactful to communities when we bring All-Star. That's amazing. Uh, Steve, the penultimate basketball experience, I think we can all agree, looks amazing already. So what are you most excited about the Clippers and Intuit Dome hosting All-Star 2026? Well, to, to me, I'd say two things. Number one, look, if you want to be penultimate in basketball, the best way is have the best players in the world. Sports is amazing, by the way. You know, I worked in business. There's a lot of competition. But in sports, you actually know who the best person and best people in the world are who do something. I can't even imagine what it's like for somebody to be able to say, yeah, I know I'm in the top 24 at the, this game everywhere in the world and to have that group here is the ultimate honor i'd say for for what we're trying to accomplish uh with the with the building that's incredible i'm gonna turn to mayor butts inglewood has already been very successful attracting global events to the city of champions so how would you describe what the return of all-star means to inglewood to put in perspective so you know, we've had a Super Bowl, we've had an NC2A championship ball game here, we've had WrestleMania. <laughs> Between 2026 and 2028, we'll have the World Olympic Games, Super Bowl 61, and the ultimate basketball competition, the NBA All-Star Game. There is no city in the history of the world that it has had three international events in three consecutive years. That's what it means. We love to see it. Mayor Bass, Los Angeles is quickly becoming the epicenter of sports and entertainment. So what does today's announcement mean for Los Angeles? How about that? <laughs> it's amazing because it's the synergy in the region. You know, it's the economic benefits, obviously, to Inglewood. We're right down the street. We view things as a, as a region. Our cities are next door to each other. And so it's the economic engine that is vital and essential for our area. Thank you.
Now we are going to open it up to a few questions. Oh, we'll start over here with David Pingalore. Steve, what does this mean, Adam Silver, there uh, on the stage with you today? Uh, what does it mean to you personally that the NBA says we want you in this amazing arena to host an All-Star game? I mean, it means a lot. I mean, start with the fact, I said, who's the best player in the world? I could say, who knows more about basketball in the world than Adam Silver does? And yeah, you have a team. I know, I, I know how CEOs do that, but I, CEO also gets exposed to more things than anybody else. So this guy knows the game. All right, that was NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, Clippers owner Steve Ballmer, Inglewood Mayor uh, James T. Butts, Los Angeles Mayor Karen Bass. Again, big announcement. The NBA All-Star Game is coming to Los Angeles to the Intuit Dome. Again, the new $2 billion home of the Clippers uh, in 2026. So very exciting news. Uh, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll talk about the Rams and what they have to look forward to going into next season after their season came to a close. Uh, this past weekend with the loss to the Detroit Lions. And we'll talk about that when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. what drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Again, the Los Angeles Rams playoff run comes to a close last week in Detroit. But wanted to... Um, for you now. Rob Havenstein, uh, one of the few holdovers from the St. Louis Rams, and just been a stalwart on the offensive line for this team, caught up with the media. We were there, wanted to play for you some sound. And, and again, he really drives home the point we've heard from a lot of vets on this team. They're very excited about this future following the 10 win season. So now let's hear from Rob Havenstein. Just wondered if you could. Um share some now that you've had a chance to process it a little share some final thoughts from the game um the the environment and then sort of the way that that last drive unfolded from the um you know the the third and four becoming a third and 14 and then into the um the end of the game yeah uh obviously you know still pretty close to the game um you know motions are motions still pretty high even though we um you know had a little time to compress but you know, the third and four going to third and 14, that was obviously 100% my fault. I can't do that. Um, can't think about that one for a while. Um, you know, it's just a mistake in crunch time that just can't happen. Um, 
Unfortunately, it did. And, uh, you know, I hurt the team because of it. So I'm going to think about that one for a while. What was um, you got, you guys message to each other, especially veterans, um, to the younger players after, uh, obviously, again, emotions were high, um, but after the game and then what's your message to a, a young, you know, a young team heading into this offseason? Um, you know, it was obviously, um, season didn't, you know, I think everyone still wanted to keep going. Everyone still wanted to keep playing like it, like we were having fun playing ball, but it, it ended too soon. Um, but the message to the young guys is that, you know, just don't underestimate the work it takes to get to this point. Um, you know, obviously, you know, when you have, you know, success early on, you know, make it the playoffs your rookie year, you can almost kind of be clouded with how hard it is to do that. Um, I think the guys put in enough work uh, this season uh, to turn this, to, to turn the ship around and, and at the end of the day, make the playoffs. But, um, you know, there's a lot of guys that, you know, have full careers in this league and don't ever get a chance um, to do that. So it's, uh, you know, we were obviously proud of what we did, but, um, you know, like I said, ended too soon. Everyone was having, uh, having too much fun. And then last for me, um, I know this is not your decision, um, but in terms of the off season, um, how important I'm, I'm talking about Kevin Dotson coming up as a, as a potential free agent. And I know it's not your call or anything like that. I understand that. But for you watching what this line has been through over the last couple of years, how important is continuity and continued progress along that front and growth with continuity? Yeah, obviously, you know, I thought Kevin did a great job coming in here. Um, you know, stepping in his first game with the, uh, the Indianapolis game. You know, he's a big, strong, physical guy. He's a great presence in the media, in the meeting room. He's funny, funny as all heck. Um, just a, you know, great guy to be around. So, you know, kind of like you mentioned, obviously not my, my decision. Um, and however it shakes out, I'm just a Kevin Dotson fan from here on out. Um, but, you know, obviously having continuity in the O-line is important, but that's, you know, if it is somebody new and Kevin, you know, goes out and makes, you know, $400 million a year, which I hope he does. Um, you know, uh, that's what, you know, OTAs and everything are, are for to, you know, go ahead and get that continuity. But if it can be K dot, I'm a, I'm a huge Kevin Dotson fan. Um, but like I uh, was kind of saying, um, you know, this is a, at the end of the day, this is a business. So, He's got to make the best business decision. Same with uh, same for the Rams. And um, uh, like I said, man, I just couldn't be happier to know the guy and, you know, ha having to play next to him. Um, it was a, um, it was an incredible experience. Thanks, Rob. Yep. Thanks, Jordan. Adam. Hey, Rob. Um, on Sunday, Sean was talking about how, you know, this team and the young guys on it really helped him like find his way again was how he put it. I'm curious, like, what differences you saw from Sean from last year to this year, and if you could kind of see, like, some of that joy in football seeping back into his style again. Yeah, no, I'm mean, kind of hitting on Sean's point, you know, and, you know, some of the older guys have kind of talked about this with Sean. It's just, you watch just some of the, you know, 
just the the absolute joy that some of these young guys play with. You know, talking about a Steve Avila. Um, you know, in particular, obviously I see him every day and he's, you know, he's in the room, but just the, uh, you know, just kind of the joy and the, you know, the kind of life he brings around the game to having, you know, this being his first NFL experience, everything's new to him. Um, and he, you know, he, he goes about his business that way, but he's just a joyful guy. So, you know, with, with enough of those guys in the room, we just have, you know, are just, you know, happy, happy to be out there, happy to play, happy to learn, um, which is one of the biggest things I think our rookies did a great job with. Nobody was, uh, you know, took themselves too seriously. Everyone just wanted to continue to get better in the way they, you know, kind of brought life and juice to everything. And, you know, you, you know, you walk around a, uh, you know, a Kobe Turner, a guy hasn't had a bad day yet. I don't think he's going to. Um, so, you know, with Sean and, you know, especially for some of those older guys, it's just awesome to be around and kind of see and just, you know, kind of see the funny reactions on practice game days, whatever, you know, it, it may be. It's just a, you know, kind of just an uplifting experience. And, you know, seeing what I saw from Sean, you know, he was uh, kind of similar, I think similar boat as, you know, a lot of the uh, the rest of us older guys where it was, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's hard not to be, you know, affected by that much kind of joy and just, you know, happiness about going about and, you know, playing better football. And, um, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun this year. And you touched on Steve, you know, what, where do you feel like is the next step for him now that he's gotten his feet wet, experienced the NFL and gets a full off season, you know, to take that next step? Yeah, no, I thought, you know, Steve did an you know, excellent job this year. Made the all-rookie team, you know, well-deserved. Um, guy plays well. It's, you know, as, as anything with an offensive lineman, it's, you know, chasing, uh, you know, chasing, perfecting your craft, which is something you're never going to do. So it's, but it's always that, uh, it's always that pursuit. So it's, uh, you know, kind of figuring out how to, how to go about, a, you know, an actual off season. Cause I, you know, I told the rookies kind of when we were going in that, you know, last stretch of uh, games, you know, they've been playing football since, you know, their senior, senior year of college or junior or whenever guys come out. But, um, you know, you go straight from that to training, to the combine, to, you know, if, if you're lucky enough to make it to training again, to the, you know, all-star games, to training again for OTAs, then you're in OTAs, then you train for training camp and then you're in the thick of it. So I mean, you, they've been playing football for, you know, almost a year and a half straight. So, once you finally get this off season to, you know, really kind of figure out how to, how to go about your, your routine, your schedule, what works for you. And, you know, with them, with, you know, with the nature of young guys, you know, they're young, so they don't, they don't know. And so, you know, I think we have great, great leadership in our, uh, our building to, you know, if anyone needs help, needs, needs advice, um, you know, definitely talk to, uh, you know, talk to some of the guys who've been around and, but, uh, you know, I think Steve, Steve did a great job. Um, so he's just got to, you know, figure out a, uh, an NFL off season and, you know, get ready to go. Thanks, Rob. Yeah. Thank you. Snoop. Hey Rob, appreciate you making the time this morning. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, of course. Uh, I know you've talked about Steve a little bit already, but we asked um, Michael Core about him. Uh, I think it was last week or maybe the week before. One of the things he brought up was, just how his consistency and, and practice habits and things like that related to his work ethic changed positively over the course of the season. I'm curious, what did you see in that regard? Whether it was, like I said, meetings, practices, anything like that with Steve specifically. Sorry, who said that? Before. Before, got it. Before, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, it's, um, you know, kind of like I was speaking on before, uh, just before this about learning how to be, 
you know, to handle an NFL offseason is, you know, learning how to practice in the NFL, learning how to how to lift, how to, you know, kind of go about it the right way. And so um, I think that, you know, there's obviously going to be growth in that. And I think Steve's, you know, I 100% know, I don't think uh, Steve is that type of guy to go ahead and take the learning opportunities and, you know, continue to, you know, do things, do things a little better each day. And that's one thing you saw with Steve, you know, he built a great foundation and, you know, I'm excited for, you know, what he can do in the future. I think the sky's the limit for that kid. He's a, you know, he's a big, strong, powerful kid, can bend well, uh, moves real well. I think we all saw that first, the, uh, you know, the Giants clip. Um, so we're, uh, you know, excited for Steve. And then they also mentioned post game, just the confidence this group had going in into the playoff game. And I like, guess obviously the disappointment from the result, but the combination of those two things, in your opinion, how can that be a, a motivating or I guess galvanizing factor for this team going into the offseason, being able to build off of both of those feelings? Yeah. Um, you know, as, you, as a lot of people take this time to reflect, you know, myself included, um, you know, there's a lot of confidence that we can draw from, from this past year. And so, you know, I've always been a big, you know, big believer in, you know, whenever a new year does start, you know, last year is just, it's all experience. You never, there's never picking up right where you left off um, just because of the nature of the NFL. There's going to be different players, different coaches, you know, if we do things a little bit differently, uh, you know, kind of to adapt to a, you know, a changing NFL game. And, but it's, um, it's all experience. And so, you know, the more that you can get um, in a positive way. And I think that's what, you know, Sean created, uh, you know, a culture this, uh, this year, especially of just, you know, going about things the right way and just working on, playing better football, being a better football player, being a, being a better teammate um, and keeping everything, uh, you know, just a, you know, a positive environment around. So, um, you know, we'll uh, learn from the experience, obviously, you know, everything's still kind of fresh and watching the games last night was a little, uh, you know, kind of didn't know which way to feel about it. And, um, you know, but, you know, excited for the young guys to, you know, have, you know, have that good experience and, you know, continue this thing the right way. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks too. Maria. Hey Rob, thanks for doing this this morning. Sure. You have already experienced the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. How do you sort of process this time? I mean, we always talk about adversity changing us. How does the adversity kind of put you into a better position mentally for even next season or approaching the off season. Yeah. You know, I've won a Super Bowl. I've lost a Super Bowl. I've lost in the playoffs. I've won in the playoffs. Um, you know, like I said, it's all, it, it's all just experience and, you know, you have to be confident in yourself as a man to, you know, to really know where you want to go, what you want to do, what you want to get out of this game that, you know, is only going to take up so many years of your life. And so it's just, you know, it's an unbelievable, humbling experience to, you know, still be in the NFL, still have a chance to play. Um, and especially to play with some of the, uh, the teammates that I have and, you know, been very fortunate in, uh, in, in that aspect, but it's, uh, man, it's just a, it's just a fun time, you know? Yeah, it's a tough time for sure. Um, how how do you like get away from it for a while, or are you right back into working out? How do you sort of deal with the time? Yeah, um, as I've gotten a little bit older, you know, it's uh, you know it's definitely not like you know 
kind of, you know, how it was in the past or here, you know, maybe some guys, you know, take a couple months off and, you know, go to, you know, this, that, and the other and fly around the world and do all that fun stuff. Um, can't really, uh, can't really do that. So we'll, uh, we'll kind of start getting back going here sooner rather than later, but, uh, you know, just in kind of, you know, keeping, uh, keeping the body moving, keeping the body healthy, um, you know, trying to, trying to get a, you know, a jump start on, 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 on what we can do next year. And, um, for right now, um, I'm just gonna, you know, focus on, you know, being the best dad that I can. Um, that's something that can kind of get, uh, not left at the wayside during the season, but I don't want to say take a back burner either, just cause it's obviously, you know, family is the number one thing for me, but you know, there's definitely certain sacrifices you have to make throughout the season, um, for, uh, for being a dad. So right now I'm just going to, you know, enjoy my kids, play with them, take them to school, pick them up and all that, uh, all that fun stuff that I don't really get to do during the season. Very good. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Maria. Yeah. Hey, Rob, thanks again for, uh, for doing this. Appreciate yeah. it. Um, just looking back, I know you want to look forward. I was just curious though, what was it like playing in that particular environment, uh, at Ford Field, I know you've been in all kinds throughout your career, but it struck me that that what what was that like in particular? It seemed like from start to finish, that crowd never stopped. Yeah, no, there was a it was a, it, it was a great playoff experience. Um, you know, it was our atmosphere. Excuse me, experience mm-hmm. I wasn't the uh, wasn't the result we wanted, but you know, the atmosphere was unreal. It was loud. It was it was loud the whole game. Um, you know, that's something you know you just love playing and it's a, uh, you know, it was a great playoff environment, Gary. Mm-hmm. And just, um, you know, we, we sit on the outside looking in, but it, it just strikes me that, you know, this season and the, the progress that you guys made with a lot of young players, it, it, it feels a little bit like 17 going into 18, where you guys had gotten to a point where you got to the playoffs and positioned, you know, with some additions to really make a run. I'm just curious from the inside, even though you said every year is different, does it, does it have a sense of that, that now that you've guys, that this group has, the young players have developed a little bit that you're ready to maybe make that next kind of step? Yeah. I mean, we're still pretty early, uh, pretty early in the off season. Um, and, uh, you know, every, every team is going to be a little different. Um, but with you know the young core that we have, you know, I think if uh, if these guys take, uh, which I you know I know they will, you know, we have very uh, very mentally tough young guys, and you know take the uh, taste take this last year's experience and you know just ro- roll it on the next year, you know I think uh, you know I think why not? Um, but we'll uh, we'll come to that here and a little bit down the road. Mm-hmm. And then finally, for me, um, you know, I, I'm sure when you into the league you want to have a long career but most guys in the nfl really don't get that opportunity you're coming up on 10 years playing 10 years in the nfl you uh you reflect on that at all or you just keep barreling ahead i mean that it's been you've had a long long career by, by league standards yeah no you reflect on it you know me and my wife talk a lot and as the kids are getting older you know things are uh you know, more scheduled and school starts coming into, um, coming into the equation and everything like that. But, you know, you know, me and my wife do reflect on it, you know, coming back, especially from the, um, you know, the St. Louis days and, you know, it's been a, uh, it's been a, you know, a great career so far. And yeah, just 
sorry, just uh, still still pretty soon after Sunday. So I'm just thinking a little bit. All right. Well, thanks very much. Thanks again for doing this. Thanks, Gary. We'll wrap up with Jordan has more. We'll wrap up with Thanks, Rob. Just one more. I'm um, just hearing you talk and, and deprocess a little bit as, as you go here. Um, some players talk about when a season ends suddenly like this is it's almost an adrenaline crash. You're in a process and a, and a routine and, and you're so focused on the day and the task at hand. And then all of a sudden your entire environment changes. How, how do you handle that? And then how do you, how do you hope and, and um, advise the, the young players to handle that, I guess, sudden change situation? Yeah, no, it's, um, it's not the easiest thing to do in the world. Um, you know, you don't just slap on the, uh, you know, the, uh, the Hawaiian shirt and, you know, head off to wherever and, you know, just be good to go. Um, you know, obviously this means a lot to, to a lot of us and, you know, this game and this team and this organization means a lot to me, uh, personally. So, um, to be honest with you, it's not the easiest thing to do. Um, it's kind of like a, a little crash course and a reality. Um, but like I was speaking on before, um, with my, with my kids, you know, I got, you know, three of them now it's, you know, they're excited. Daddy plays football and everything like that. And, you know, but it's, uh, the best thing about, about them is, you know, I come home from a bad day of practice or something, you know, I'm, you know, frustrated about something or, you know, something like that. It's, you know, they, they don't really, they don't really care that much. Um, they just want their dad, their dad back and be around to be, you know, play with them. And that's, uh, something that's, you know, helped me throughout the season. So when, uh, you know, especially, uh, you know, when the off season started, started the way it did and you know the season ended the way it did it's um it's always good to lean on them and you know kind of what we we're talking about the uh, young guys having that kind of unbridled joy was you know kind of the same thing same thing with my kids and you know just you know dive head first and do uh you know some of the sacrifices i've had um throughout the season uh you know with my family and you know just pour pour into uh pour into them as much as i can and you know same support that they've given me to, uh, throughout the season. Um, you know, I get to be able to give that back to them uh, starting now. Thanks, Robin. Thanks very much for your time um, today and all season. Oh, yeah, of course. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. All right. That was Rams offensive lineman, offensive tackle, Rob Havenstein, talking about the season that the Rams had. Again, just really a tremendous run uh, that they had, uh, Rob was obviously a big part of that Super Bowl championship team. One of the last holdovers with Theron Donald from the St. Louis Rams. So, uh, just really excited about the future for this team. All right. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.